hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Inside Agent. My name is Maggie and Tim, and, I'm, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Nate Matthews. And today we'll be covering all of the hot topics in football from transfer window to um, players and club, the FA Cup, MLS tournament, NWSL, USL and any and everything regarding football. Nate, take it away. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Inside Agents. And we're going to dive right in and start with the Premier League. So the Premier League ended last week. Liverpool won for the first time in 30 years. So congrats to Liverpool, the Liverpool fans. Uh, I'm glad the season's over, honestly, because I'm sick of watching Arsenal as an Arsenal fan. So hopefully <laughs> they can do a lot better in the window. So for the viewers who are not familiar with the Premier League, it's not just about winning it, but it's also about qualifying for European tournaments. So the teams that did qualify was Manchester City, who finished in second place, Manchester United, who finished in third place, and Chelsea rounded it out in fourth for the Champions League spots. Unfortunately, Leicester City was um, in third and fourth place up until the last day. So they were in third and fourth place to from four months, essentially. Ended up losing out on the Champions League spot in the last day. Tottenham finished sixth, and they would qualify unless Arsenal lose in the FA Cup final to Chelsea, and then and then um, Tottenham would make it. If Arsenal win, Arsenal are in the FA Cup final. So, for but who came in FA... number one? Did you oh, mention who came yeah, in number Liverpool. one? Yeah, okay, Liverpool. Liverpool. Right, right. Liverpool so Liverpool. So those were the top, the top four. And yeah. for those of you also, Premier League is like the league. It's the world's most um, global, um, highest generating, you know, league as a whole. It's the league that we all look up to, whether we're fans of Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, um, Tottenham, you know, we're, Even we're fans of it. Exactly. And then, of course, like as agents, like it's a dream to have players play within the Premier League. And if at some point in your career as an agent and at some point in your career as a player, you want to play for the English Premier League. So um, it's one of my favorites, honestly, one of my favorites. Exactly. And for the um, clubs that went down, Norwich City got relegated. They finished dead last. Above them was Austin Villa and Watford. Oh, sorry, Bournemouth and Watford. Bournemouth and Watford, those clubs are going down. Um, but for the people who don't know what usually happens when you go down because there's so much money in the Premier League and broadcast uh, and broadcast revenue is essential, as opposed to other leagues where they make most of their money on ticket revenue, they end up getting what is called parachute payments, which means that for the last, the first year that they're relegated, they get around $40 million from the FA to keep their club up because they take on so much wages to try to stay in the Premier League. And they have promotion relegation that if they didn't receive those funds, they might, their clubs might end up bankrupt. So for the first year, they get the full payment. The second year, they get 50% of that. And if they are, are still below um, in the third division, second division for the third year, they receive 20%. But if they get promoted again, 
that money gets thrown out of the window because they get broadcast revenue for winning the league. So um, those clubs, good luck to them. I hope to see Bournemouth back. I thought they were impressive, just unlucky. Watford, not so much. Um, and Norwich, they started off well, but just they just got promoted and just ended up going back to the championship. For the championship now, there are two clubs that are fighting for it. Leeds, Leeds also, congrats to them for joining the Prem. They got promoted. Excited to see Leeds back in the Prem. They were one of my yes. favorites watching as a child. And right now, Fulham and Bradford both won the first leg, so they're battling for the last to come up in the Prem. So um, that rounds up our Premier League talk. Now we'll go into... You want to talk about um, the Newcastle situation? I could touch on that. Yeah, I mean, we, we can touch on that. Um, did we touch on FA Cup final? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's talk about seems... FA Cup final predictions. We don't need to spend too much time on it because we already know, you know, Chelsea is going to win that. So, I mean, oh, I'm just saying. Man. Uh, I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. I like Arsenal, but let's be real. Chelsea's going to win that. Arsenal has the swag. Arsenal has the sauce. But Chelsea, they take it to the hole, man. It's going to be, yeah. I'm just going to say Arsenal have won the most FA Cups in English football. So, and last FA Cup final, we played Chelsea. We won two years ago. So, but that was two years ago. That's but, a, it's a no, no, different squad right. now. It's a different right. squad. Um, it's a different squad. Year. And what we've seen with both of these teams is that you just never know what's yeah. going to happen. Right? And that's know. the love of the game, too, as a whole. Like, you never know what's going to happen. I'm going with Chelsea. Period. I'm going I with think, Chelsea. Okay, so last, so last year they played each other again in the Europa League final. And Chelsea killed Arsenal. Like, I would say that as an Arsenal fan, they killed us. I think who has the momentum going in right right now is going to be Chelsea, like, personally. Um, They finished the season well. Lampard did a good job with them. Arsenal do have confidence because they did beat Liverpool and they did beat Man City. And they also have more to fight for because if they don't win, they're not playing in Europe, which means they're losing out on, like, millions of dollars of revenue. So... um, that can affect their transfer market, and it also would affect me personally thinking if Aubameyang decides to stay or not. Because if they're not in Europe, I'm going to leave. Like, if I were him, I'm leaving. If I so, were him, as an Arsenal fan, I could say that. But the question I, is, where would he go? Because no one's really going to pay that fee that he's asking for. What he feels and, and what they're asking for, I don't really know of another club that's going to do that. So if I was him, and I love Aubameyang. Don't get me wrong, I do. I do. I, I like a couple of those players on Arsenal, but I just feel like he should stay put for now. Because if Arsenal's not going to spend the money to bring in some like good talent, and we could probably touch on some of those potential, you know, guys when we hit, discuss like the transfer window. But that's all I'm gonna say about Arsenal is that Chelsea's gonna beat them, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm ready. I'm ready. Listen, because you got to know. Your boy, our, our guy on Chelsea is no joke. Oh, man. And he's uh, been bringing it. Uh, man. Listen, Christian I'm has been bringing it, so we'll see. If Christian ends up causing Arsenal to lose, 
I'm gonna, be I'm going to jump for joy and scream. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to be devastated. Um, Absolutely. Honestly, I really... I really don't want to see him win this one, but if he does win this so, one, so go into it with no predictions. Go into it with no predictions, even though no, you're a diehard I'm Arsenal go. fan. I'm gonna go into it with no predictions. Team. You're safer I'm to go into it with no team. predictions because then, listen, go into it with no predictions and just say, "Hey, I want to see a good game." I will die with my team. <laughs> That's it. I'm dying with Arsenal. All right, Arsenal till the end. I. I personally think it's going to be a very hard game for us, but I got to go with Arsenal. Of course. They're and I'll go with gonna give up. They're going to give I think I think it's either going to be a like a 3-2 game or Arsenal will Arsenal will win 3-2 or they will lose 3-1. One of the those are my predictions. Makes Arsenal sense. Win 3-2 or they lose 3-1 just because I know their back line cannot keep a clean sheet to save their life. It's not going to happen. Very true. Not very true. Okay. So moving right along. Um, <laughs> let's move along. Maggie, MLS is back. Round the 16 is over. First off, what what's going on with your table? I'm going to say we did not touch Man. on this. We did speak about this last podcast, so it needs to be addressed. The performance that Atlanta United had is, is, is the reason why, guys, their coach got fired. Their coach needs to get fired after that performance, and he was. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because first of all, let's get something straight. So you're trying to tell me that it is mainly because of Frank that these guys couldn't win a game and they yes. were struggling? So what about So what about the players? No. Because I've seen plenty of opportunities to where those players, some shitty-ass players, and yes, People, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little bit frustrated because talking to the Atlanta team and all of that and kind of seeing what they have, when I watched them play, Nate, in three different games, I what I noticed was that they basically showed me that, damn, Joseph Martinez is your team. He is Atlanta United. And without him, they're not really able hey, to do anything. Exactly. That's, that's what they showed me. Okay. And they have some talented players, but I just don't know. But I think by them, you know, parting ways or departing ways with Frank, um, it gives them some better options. I think we could touch on that from the coaching standpoint. Like, if they're going to bring in some new coaches, a coach who I thought would possibly be a good fit, like, I think I had said um, Darren Moore. I like his style of coaching in England, and I think it would be perfect. You're bringing in an African-American when you talk about diversity, when you talk about Atlanta and the culture of Atlanta. Like, I just feel like, even though him being um, across, you know, the Atlantic, but I just feel like he would bring something special to the team. And, of course, you can share your opinion if if you think of another uh, coach that would fit in. If I'm going to talk about a coach, I definitely think and he has definitely been overlooked, and I don't know why, but I think Brian Haynes definitely should have okay. been that call. Um, there have been a few articles for the viewers who don't know Brian Haynes. He's coached at Houston for plenty of years. He's developed Eddie Johnson. He's been the assistant for them for a while. He was um, most recently at Inter-Miami coaching their U19 team. He's African-American, grown up in the U.S. system. He knows it, the ins and outs, and he's developed some top players. So to me, I've 
I'm just shocked that he's never gotten a call up for any position as a head coach. And I think Atlanta would be the market for it if they wanted to have a first African-American coach. American-born, yeah. Exactly, American-born. American-born, I agree. definitely be in the conversation. I'm not saying he deserves a job, but they definitely should look at him as one of the jobs. Also, congratulations to Tony Annan. Tony Annan was one of my coaches in Georgia way back in the day, and he's now the um, coach of the USL2 team. Congrats to Tony. Yeah, Atlanta um, United, they, too. They yeah. won last night in his first match, so congrats. I spoke to him a couple of days ago, actually. Um, awesome. Just congratulating him. Awesome. No, that's amazing. But, yeah, Brian Haynes, definitely, for the first team, they should definitely look at him. Um, and I think this is why I'm going to go back to I think the coach needs to be fired because when I but watched wasn't he already fired? United play, no, no, no. When I watched Atlanta United play without Joseph, my thing as a coach is if you know you're missing your star player, you have to figure out a way for your team to play and win without him. Like but you that's have, what I'm saying. They look so Absolutely. unprepared. Listen. Why he needs to Let go. me tell That's you something. I watched Atlanta United, watching them, the first team, I felt like this looks like I'm watching the USL team. No disrespect to the USL team, but maybe even a little bit lower than, like, Atlanta United, too, because I'm like, what the hell is going I'm like, this is a joke. Like, th- there it is was. no way. There is no way that if my star player is down, the whole purpose of you having your reserve team, you know, you can go in and get your backup center forward or whatnot to come in and, and, and just really, because on the defense side, even they have some guys, I kind of wanted to see George Bellow play a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah I, do. I don't know why they're not, you know, using him as they should, but I mean, I don't know what was going on with that, but hopefully they will make those changes um, because that's not a good look. Not a good look at all. I was not impressed. And anybody that follows me on Twitter, you know I'm always vocal. When I had a lot of Atlanta yeah. United fans coming at me because I stated that, damn, they look like shit. Like, yeah, because Joseph Martinez is not playing. So you're really, all you're doing is showing us as even fans that, like, you need him to be who you are. Exactly. And it's like, no, no, it and shouldn't be can. like that. It should be everyone compliments each other. When our star exactly. guy is down, that's why we have our backups to be ready to come in. And it's also an opportunity for another you to take your spot. potential you star, for someone to come in and show, like, listen, I'm ready, coach. Like, put me in. Just put me in, exactly. and I can do this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. AO, AO was the backup to Joe's Yaltador, and he got his chance. And look, five goals. Yes, now, I, exactly. Now, you exactly. now, you're like, hey. I mean, Toronto's out, play, too, though. That's no, just, you know, Toronto's out of the tournament. The way they so, played, they did shout not out, need to do Shout football. out to my New York family, NYCFC. I filled out my bracket, my table, and I was like, okay, Toronto might win. But I'm going to still go with NYCFC because I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a loyal New Yorker. So I was like, cool. And so far, man, let me tell you, my bracket is looking pretty good because a lot of the teams that I wanted to advance have advanced. So Philly has done that. Congratulations to them. Um, Sporting Kansas has done that. Um, Sporting KC. That, that was a great and, game. Yes. Great NYCFC game. has done that. Even Portland came back, right? How cause yeah. we, were, we were talking while the game was on and, and – Watching how that played out, I was like, I'm going to bed because I don't know what's going on here. But Portland <laughs> ended, ended up, um, you know, doing what they did. I was like, oh, okay. 
and then um, San Jose. Let's talk Vance. about the upset. Let's talk about. Well, wait, 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 wait! I'm about to get into it because San Jose did their thing. They, they, they're a team that's really growing on me, especially during this tournament. They're growing on me. Um, LAFC, of course, I, I knew they would advance, but the biggest upset for me, Columbus Crew. I don't know what was going on. But that was a really big upset for me. Yeah. And I'm still pissed about that game. I, I'm going to say I did. Most of the teams I expected to go through went through besides Columbus Same. and yeah. Toronto FC. To be honest, I didn't think New York, New York City FC was going to beat them. Don't be but a hater. We got some good. No, listen, I'm don't not, sleep I'm on Castel. Listen, but no, no. Castellanos. Nah, Castellanos is a beast, man. He's a beast. The, no, New York City deserves to win. Because I was talking to you during that game, and I was like, "What is Toronto doing? They look like garbage." And Omar is a center back who cannot move his feet. Like he is yeah. so slow. Like. The way and congrats on your debut, 17 years old, player. But like, the team didn't help you out today, man. Like, the team didn't help you out. You guys deserve to lose. Columbus dominated the game against Minnesota. I'm not gonna lie, they did, and they yeah. just could not find the goal. And that's the, the beautiful thing about football, because when you can't find the goal and it goes to penalties, how many games went to penalties? Portland did, Columbus did, Portland, Kansas City did. So. Three of the eight games, almost half, almost half of the games ended in penalties. So that's for viewers, that's really fun. We love the penalty shootout, but the best. See, let me tell you, things. Seattle was another upset for me. DC was another upset for me. But I will say, if I look at my bracket and what I have, I mean, I did have Columbus going to the end, but I'm gonna say this is. You thought Seattle would have beat LAFC? Maybe. Yeah. That, but what, that, well, that, I mean, no, no. I mean, I that like both game, teams, but the thing is, that game should have been closer than it was because I didn't expect a four-one. I expected Agreed. LAFC to win, but not four-one. That was Agreed. ridiculous. That, yeah, that, was, that was crazy. But um, it's tough because I'm really excited for LAFC Orlando. and, and Orlando's match. I'm I'm really excited for that. I feel like um, LAFC will take it. But you, but you're, you're gonna get a fight out of Orlando, um, yeah. and then I feel like LAFC. I want San Jose to spank Minnesota, obviously, because they knocked out my guys from Columbus. So I, I'm like, yo, Minnesota, I got a beat down coming for you with San Jose. So I'm looking forward to that match. Um, I think, I think on that side it'll be LAFC versus San Jose. It's hard to tell who's gonna take it, but I feel like that's gonna be a great yeah. lineup. That, and then I feel like. I want NYC. I want NYCFC to go far, but you never know what's going to happen with Philly and Sporting Kansas because I feel like Sporting Kansas can come in, and although I have Philadelphia going towards the end, um, it could be Sporting Kansas knocking out NYCFC, and it could end up being Sporting Kansas versus San Jose, and I wouldn't mind seeing that, or I wouldn't mind seeing Sporting Kansas or Philly versus LAFC. So there's a few options there. That's that's right now with the way things have been going, it all depends on this first game that's coming from the quarterfinals. Yeah. It just depends how that goes, and that'll kind of exactly. somewhat tell you. But that's my prediction <laughs> first, overall. My prediction is gonna be it's it's either gonna be 
San Jose, if San Jose beats LAFC, San Jose will win the tournament. If oh, LAFC, the that, if LAFC beats San Jose, it'll be LAFC versus possibly Philly or Sporting Kansas, and it may be Sporting Kansas. I'm gonna say it could be Sporting Kansas versus LAFC, and I would say maybe LAFC would take it. I just gotta wait and see. No, no. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that side of the tournament, the LAFC San Jose side, I think they're the favorites to win. Absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. Um, I think Sporting Kansas City, they had the most shots in an MLS game. They had 35 shots against Vancouver and did not score. So if they if that happens to them again, they're going to get knocked out by Philly. Yeah. By Philly, they're, yeah. They're but Philly's squad out. is, Philly's been bringing it too, but it's, um, like I said, it's, it's unpredictable, man. But I'm looking forward yeah. to it. That I'm that that game's to gonna be unpredictable. Honestly, it's gonna be whoever shows up. That, yeah. that's it's, my. It's gonna be a good one, though. It is gonna be a good one for sure. It's gonna be a good one for sure. Let's let's end that discussion and let's go into the NWSL. I thought um, we were going into. Oh, I was going into USL. Oh, yeah, we could do USL. I mean, USL, obviously, we see what's happening there. We made our predictions on the last um, podcast episode and what we were talking about there. Um, I was excited, at least for last week, to see um, a few of my guys play, you know, the Charlotte Hornets. Fortunately, it was an upset, but they're they're working on that, you know, finding the rhythm, getting that tempo, because it has been, what, at least like 100 days, maybe a little bit over 100 days since they had last played. So yeah. there's been some adjustments, and, but and I'm looking forward to, to that. Fair, we did discuss it, and we, I found it very strange that it was their first game playing, and the team that they played played already three matches. Remember? So yeah, at, that also has a fact that also has to be factored in. I'm gonna say Indy 11. Shout out to Connor Anthony. Um, one of there, Indy 11. They're four and one right now. They've also played the most games. They played five games already. And some, like, for instance, Charlotte Independence only played one. And Indy's already played five. So for them, you yep. get a better you get a better view of how that team actually is going to shape up. Um, it, um, and they played uh, Memphis. Yeah, they yeah. had played Memphis. So that they was interesting, Memphis. too. And, um, and... Honestly, for USL as a whole, the team that we've already discussed, the New yeah. Mexico looks good. Phoenix looks good. San Diego looks good. Um, Lou City has been doing a, a lot better. Yeah, they did. Um, they picked it up. And who else was I thinking of within this? Um, I haven't really watched like San Antonio, was, but um, I want to. I want to see like San Antonio um, play. New York Red Bulls too is doing fairly well in USL. Um, the other MLS. Pause um, one. Pause one second. You're okay. you're going in and out. Can you oh, hear me? I? Yeah, you, you can hear me clearly though, right? Yeah, it's just going. I don't know how it's gonna sound, but you let me know. Okay. If, um, but so then we'll continue into back into that. So yeah. Yeah. New York City FC's team's looking really good. Their second team, other MLS Academy teams, are usually at the bottom of the of the league. Usually happens because they're playing. Their younger ones against the seasoned professionals in USL and the independent clubs. So I don't really expect much from them. But 
they've done well so far. Um, in US, in USL League One, I've seen um, Miami's USL team. They're doing okay. They've rostered a couple of 16-year-olds, so congrats to them. Um, some of their academy players, Ian Spray, Frankie Reggio, have played. So for the first team and their development, that's good for them. I'm um, excited to see the young players develop in USL League One. That's what I'm more looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. League One is I interesting. League One, I more care about watching the development of the young players playing. Absolutely. Honestly, I find I find League One is like a huge having a huge part of the culture of USL when it comes to the players, and um, it's exciting to see their development. And so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to all of it, all of it, all of yeah, it, all of it, all of it. And so when we talk about leagues development, amazing talent. That brings us into our next topic. The NWSL. For those that don't know what that stands for. National Women's Soccer League. The only National Women's League in North America. The first the first major professional sports league to resume. And yes, I have to keep saying that because huge, 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 huge shout out to the league office, Lisa Barb, the commissioner. I mean, the Challenge Cup is over and I've been going through withdrawals because I'm missing the games, I'm missing the matches, I'm missing talking, you know, talking junk about other teams and all of that. Um, but I just really have to tip my hat to Lisa and the team. They've done a phenomenal job with this challenge cup with this entire tournament, especially during the pandemic. And most of all, they kept their players safe. They kept their players safe. Zero, zero cases. I don't know how they did it, but it's just amazing. So shout out to the NWSL team, the league office. The Players Association, Lisa Bard, you, you ladies are amazing. Um, and then a huge, huge congratulations to the Houston Dash, who are the champions of the NWSL Challenge Cup for 2020. Oh. Nate, I know when we last spoke, yeah. um, I know when we last spoke on the episode, we were doing our predictions. And of course, my prediction was North Carolina. And I think you somewhat agreed, but we were discussing teams like Houston that had yeah. the potential and Chicago Red Stars and Washington Spirit. And we saw a lot of upsets from like, and, and it, the, the game the just switched. Yeah, round. the game just switched because North Carolina was knocked out the first round, um, or the Washington. first round of the, of the semis. Yep. And then you have um, Washington was the second seed and they were knocked yeah, out. Yeah, you, right you have Washington that was knocked out. You have Portland that was knocked out I mean but when I watched Houston play in the beginning of the tournament I was like okay these games are cool but when it hit the knockout round I'm like like, okay it's cool because we've seen it with semis it was like all right semifinals they were bringing in let me tell you something the two teams that made it to the final were bringing it yeah Houston Dash Chicago Red Stars they they bought it both teams bought it did what they did so congratulations to both teams but I feel like Houston, it meant so much more to them when I watched that game. Because I did 
feel like Chicago would bring it because I thought they were bringing the same energy. But when Houston came, their energy wasn't that strong as the semifinals. But what I noticed was that they controlled the game the whole time. And it you can just tell it meant so much to them to win. That game meant everything because think about their history of how many years it took no playoff appearances and you got this far you're like listen we're bringing that trophy back we're bringing that cup back to the h town so salute to them rachel daly was the the mvp i mean amazing shay oh man that that whole squad is like crazy and what i found so interesting and nate you and i discussed this i was watching this game noticing like wait a minute they don't even have any U.S. women's national team players on their squad. So to win without having that says a lot. It says a lot. And it just makes me think what's going to happen forward with, with their team, with the upcoming expansion drafts and the collegiate draft. But what are your takes? What are your thoughts on the, the Challenge Cup tournament, Houston Dash winning? What are your thoughts on that, Nate? That's a great question, First and foremost, congrats to Houston Dash because um, they had Jane Campbell, their goalkeeper. One, made the most saves in the tournament. Two, I was um, looking up these stats, and Houston Dash, surprisingly, had the fifth most shots on target this whole tournament and still won, which is crazy to me. So that shows that they're, Rachel and her squad are mad efficient, like very efficient. Rachel led the league in goals and assists combined. Like he had the most goals, most assists, so congrats to Rachel, congrats to Jane for getting that job done. I think this is the beauty of football because when you look at the group stage, we thought North Carolina would take it easily, but then when it comes to the knockout round, anything can happen. And when I watched the North Carolina game, to me, they were unlucky, but they also looked like they they were like too casual and a little bit arrogant in their play because they were playing the last seed. And yeah. um, Washington Spirit as well. Both of those games I looked at, it, and the girls looked like they just were overconfident in their playing, and it cost them both nearly mm-hmm. in the tournament. Houston worked, when I watched like the performances back, they worked the hardest, they looked the most organized, and Rachel looked like a superstar. Like She looked like one of the best players in the world. So um, they definitely did deserve it, for sure, especially for, like you said, not qualifying for playoffs and then going to the challenge cup and no being just completely overlooked and then you guys perform that way consistently in the knockout round that's hard so congrats to those ladies as well and also i'm just like excited for nwsl going forward because we have already talked about louisville and how they're putting out a woman's side for next year but we never touched on that the news that um LA is bringing an NWSL team over there. Absolutely. And Super exciting. Congrats because let's talk about um, some of the investors. Serena Williams, her daughter is a part owner, so congrats to her daughter. Yes, uh, little Alexis former, Olympia. Exactly, little Alexis Olympia. Former women's pro players are involved, celebrities yep. are involved. You got Natalie Portman, uh, Eva Longoria. You have former um, U.S. women national team players like Mia Hamm, um, Angela Huthglez. Um, You have Julie, who's also Julie Ehrman, who's a part of it as well. She's more of the president, founder. 
um, you have actors, you have Netflix executives. I mean, it's 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 a really it's hard it's star huge, power. But I tip my hat to me and him because now she just changed the game by not only being a former player, but she's now an owner of two great LA teams. Being a minority owner of LAFC and then now being a minority owner of the LA team, they they have been going by the name of We Are Angel City for now, or Angel City, but they will be announcing the um, team's name as well as Creston logo later this year. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see what happens with that. And I mean, Nate, when I found out, I knew the night before that it was going to come out. And I, by the time it hit the next morning, I was like, man, these women are putting in player transfer requests. Coaches are putting in transfer requests like, hey, I want to, you know, coach there. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I think it's a great move for L.A. Um, it's exciting for the NWSL. And I'm just hoping that even those investors that are a part of the owners group could also maybe look at figuring out how can they be a part of the league even more and not just the team. Because that's the key. It's like helping the league as a whole. So that's going to be exciting. And that kicks off 2022. So for the next two years, like with 2021, 2022, it's exciting to see what's happening with Louisville, uh, racing, you know, Louisville, their team, and um, the L.A. team. So I'm excited. And um, just to go into our next topic, because personally, the NWSL was the blueprint of this league announcing the return to play, and it's the CPL Canadian Premier League. So for those who don't know, this is the second year that the Canadian Premier League has um, been in, has been an established league in um, Canada. It's the first Premier League. Um, of course, we all know Toronto FC, Montreal Impact, and Vancouver are on the MLS side. But um, we have some CPL clubs as well. There are eight, just like the end of And the way they broke down the tournament return to play, which is August 13th, is similar to how the NWSL returned to play. So like the end, with NWSL, we saw each team played each other once. And then after they played, the top four teams, well, for the Premier, for the CPL, the top four teams will advance, play another round robin. Each team plays each other once again, and then they have a final, which the first and second place team fight for a chance to win. If the winner, the winner of that league ends up being crowned the champion, and then they go on also afterwards to qualify for the Canadian Cup, which is a fight for a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League, where they'll play the winner of the MLS is back tournament, as well as the um, winner of Liga MX. So it's very, very uh, interesting. Congrats, because the CPL was quiet. They didn't announce anything about the league or how they were going to come back. So um, they took their time. It's going to be in Prince Edward Island, which is not a major city in Canada. It's on the East yeah. Coast. There's um, They have a small population. It's a very small island, and it's very secluded. So um, each player, each team has their own floor in a hotel. They're in their own bubble. They have it, their it's, one yeah. It's, it's going to be it's good, and, and it can probably also help them to kind of manage the manage 
obviously COVID yeah. and everything. Yeah, so that's good. So salute to uh, the CPL for that. I, I, I was, you know, checking out a couple of things that was going on and, and kind of seeing their return, um, their announcement of as far as like returning back. So I thought that that's super cool. And I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it also. Yeah, should be mad cool. Let's talk about the Champions League, Killian. Coupe de France. Coupe, Coupe de France. Congrats Come on, to PSG. PSG First of all, super congrats to my family, uh, my PSG family. This is this is their 13th time winning. Um, you know, 13, guys. Not one, not three. You know, one and three, 13. Um, it's it's a amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, it, was an, it was amazing, but it was also sad because, of course, um, one of the star players got Best taken out. In the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Got taken out. The leader of the next generation got taken out. Um, the FIFA the, cover 2021. The FIFA cover, yes. The FIFA 20, you know, 2021 uh, Championship League cover, you know, guy is like star is down. Um, but he'll be down just for, you know, a short time. Um, he'll, he'll recover nicely and bounce back. Um, but Killian and Mape, guys, like, it was unfortunate, but I love that Neymar and team stepped up. And that's and that's what I'm talking about. Like, when we were talking about Atlanta United, that is the example. Mbappe went down in the middle of the game. Bet. Neymar says, you good? No problem. Guys, boys, let's do this. And they did that. That's what Atlanta United should be doing. Exactly. But that's a whole nother situation. Um, but it, it's exciting, man, because a lot of people thought if Killian goes down, these guys won't qualify for, you know, or, or, or it leaves, you know, it leaves room for, you know, some of these other clubs to come in, like um, some of the other French, you know, clubs. And I, I kind of laughed because I'm like, did you guys forget the players that's on that squad? Like, it's not just in my... I heard that Killian was out going to be out for three weeks so I know they play in two weeks yep. in Champions League so he may miss the first round and yep. he'll be back for the next round will PSG pull it off? I think so um, like you said it's not just Killian they have Neymar, Di Maria Cavani, Icardi like they have some top players Marquinhos, Thiago Silva like they have like a roster of top French yep. players they do. Um, so I think I think honestly, regardless if Killian plays or not, they should be able to win. They should be able Absolutely. to win. Absolutely. 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 And we're just so, I'm I'm excited. I wish I wish we could have been there to watch it live, of course. You know, yeah. Champions League. I had my heart set on going to um Istanbul and I had my ticket and things like that booked, but of course with COVID, you just never know. <laughs> so um so now I'll just be at home watching it, unless I'm able to get on a flight and get past all the badness to get there. But <laughs> if there's no fans and nothing like that, then it would be a waste of a ticket. So I'm going to just probably stay back in the States and just watch it. Like everyone else. Yeah, like, like everyone else. Yep. Um, now, Transfer Market. Transfer Market opens the 27th. It has been crazy. Supposedly, City and Pep not happy with finishing where they did in the table. So they made two 
they've agreed two deals as of today. Nathan Ake, one of them. Berlon Torres from Valencia, another. So Nathan Ake, a center back, definitely going to help out their back line because City's back line, they have Fernandinho, who's a center mid, playing there. They've tried everyone, but they just haven't filled that role since company left. So Nathan Ake, I think he's very talented, came from Chelsea's academy, was at um, Bournemouth. Um, congrats to Nathan for getting that done. Um, very interested to see him in the city colors. Uh, Furlan Torres from Valencia, another player who's top player. They paid 20-odd million for him, I believe. So they're, they've already strengthened their squad. We've seen Chelsea, um, Warner, Timo Warner signing. But Giroud's been playing very well, so that, that's another interesting transfer over there. It's quiet. Arsenal, last rumor they had, Thomas Partey, they, Atletico wants 50 million and Arsenal keep, only want to pay 25. That is not going to get done on the Arsenal. No. So unfortunately, Arsenal is going to lose out in this market. In this transfer window, Arsenal is going to lose out. Um, So we move right along past that because they're not going to spend it they're trying to spend what I want to say like maybe 30 or 40 million less than what someone like Thomas wants. Exactly. They need yeah. to go get, they need to go pick up an Academy player or something like that and just give that boy maybe a million dollars or something and figure out what to do with the rest of it. Because whatever they're thinking, it's not going to work at this point. And um, I mean, the transfer market guys, ladies and gentlemen, this is an interesting time. It's probably the best time for us agents. <laughs> Um, cause this is how we really, this is what we work for. <laughs> this is what we live for is this part. Like this is the bulk of being an agent, um, is the transfer window. And it's probably one of my favorites. And Nate, I don't know about you, Nate. I'm, I'm assuming it's one of your favorites too. Um, but it's interesting. A couple of, you know, topics we've discussed, like certain people being transferred. And obviously we saw the huge transfer of, um, Jude Bellingham for making that history for, you know, being obviously the youngest player um, to Borussia Dortmund. And so I'm looking forward to seeing him play, get some playing time. Um, I think, you know, obviously the bigger question of this whole year and just even the summer is where is Sancho going to end up? Um, obviously we know with Manchester United, it's a back and forth thing. One minute there's a rumor like they'll pay 80 million, but Rusio's like, are you kidding me? We're not going to entertain that. Our guy is worth at least 120 million. Borussia's better than me. Cause I'd have been like, listen, if you're not even talking a hundred end the conversation. So now there's rumors going around that Sancho is interested in saying, okay, if Manchester United is not talking about that money. I'll go to Liverpool because at least I know with Liverpool I could possibly win the championship at some point. So, you know, exactly. there's some options there. And and I, it's funny because I said that I feel like he would do well at Man United. Um, I could see him at Liverpool. No Arsenal because I don't even think that's of interest to him. Maybe Chelsea. But I think if Manchester United doesn't come correct. They have until what the tenth, I think it is, of August to make that decision. He's more than likely either going to say, "Look, I'm going to Liverpool," and it 
guess it's not meant to be to go to United. Unless United waits till the last minute to then say, we'll pay that fee for him. So, I don't know. Because we've been talking about this forever, trying to figure oh, out, God. like, Sanchu, where you going? Like, bro, where, where you going? I know it's not up to you, but the powers that be need to figure out something. Exactly. exactly. Because this man holds all the cards because there are about over, like, at least 200 players from other squads that are interested in coming to maybe Borussia, but they're all waiting to see, like, is he going to make the move? It's almost like playing chess. He's like, you know, it's like, is he going to move yet? You know, like, what's what's happening? So, um, ladies and gentlemen, you still got to stay tuned for that, and we have to just wait to see what's going to happen. Hopefully, within the next week or so, we should know something. And whatever his decision is, I support. As long as they get it settled and figured out. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And then even with other players within the transfer market, transfer window, um, you know, MLS will also be gearing up to start their second transfer window uh, beginning within like another week and a half. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens with MLS. MLS, I'm sure, is definitely going to kind of follow what Europe is doing. So what the EPL is doing, what uh, Bundesliga is doing, and kind of see where can they get their hands in to make um, their squads better. So definitely got to pay attention to that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy when we talk about transfers because even on the women's side, you have women like um, Sam Mewis that's deciding to go to Man City. And the rumor is that Rose Lavelle is thinking about joining her. Wow. And what I notice is that because it's so unpredictable of what's going to happen with NWSL, I believe that by January, you're going to see like an exodus of women exiting, you know, NWSL and saying, well, you know what, since they're not playing, I'm going to go to Europe, do this one year deal, and then you guys let me know what you're going to do afterwards. Yep. Yeah. That's so, very good. Very, very, yeah. It's true because leagues need to figure it out. Yep. Honestly. Because you can't wait till the last minute because now the Challenge Cup is over. So what are you going to do? Because you have some qualified girls that can, that are, these women are trying to figure out what's next. And there's nothing better than not knowing what's, like, what's next because it's, it's unpredictable. You don't know. It's like, that's uncertain. And these are these, this is their job. So that's like, I'm working and I don't know whether I'm going to have a job today or tomorrow, you know? So um, so I'm not mad at the players doing that. Most of them are probably also strategic enough to say, well, I'll do maybe a year or two in Europe and I'll come back to NWSL when the LA team gets ready to kick off. That's another smart strategy that I'm I'm seeing, foreseeing a lot of women doing, but not everybody's going to get to that squad, obviously. Um, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. And then, of course, you know, we'll see what happens with MLS and we'll see what happens with, you know, EPL and Bundesliga and La Liga and all of these different leagues and teams. And just stay tuned. We're just going to stay tuned. Um, this past week, Nate and myself, or Nate and yeah. I, <laughs> to be proper, <laughs> we, um, we were we were very fortunate to be on a great call with um I mean a, a legend within the football industry. Um 
I mean, he's he is football, right? When you talk about football and you talk about agents, you, you cannot mention this person. He's always going to be within like the top five to top ten of super agents. Um, the lovely Jonathan Barnett of Stella Group Limited out of the UK and I the call was so refreshing because it just mainly was a call for agents and things that you know obviously has been happening and addressing certain issues and Jonathan was kind of just touching on a lot of things that I think even for me at least either I thought about it in the past but haven't really thought about how it really would affect me as an agent and so um, I, I just was like one thing that I think even Nate and I can agree on is that man is by his money and he does not play <laughs> He does not play. Give that man his money. He don't care what it is. Pay him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pay, pay JB his money. Um, but it was just truly an honor to kind of, you know, to be in that that situation and to be in his presence um, and just to have his presence, um, you know, a part of the call. So it was really good. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff was happening. A lot of stuff was happening. Yeah. Learned a lot. <laughs> we were on a call with Jonathan, and I really appreciated it because Jonathan and Stellar, the biggest agency in the world, commission-wise, and Jonathan Barnett has done, has sold commissions where, like, that changed the industry as a whole. So um, he's done the biggest transfers in the world with um, Gareth Bale and not even that, but just the fact that he spoke up about how what people don't understand about agents is um, a lot of agents have not been paid as of yet. So, like, the season has started, players have been played, and um, agents have yet to receive their commissions that have been owed to them since January and May. So, Jonathan did speak up for all of us. I really appreciate it because every agent's going through it. Every agent is going through it. No one in the meeting mentioned it to the FA. Um, Jonathan did. So um, congrats to Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. And also for the other agents out there, uh, make sure you guys are following what's going on in the world of like football and FIFA and agents right now because Jonathan did acknowledge the fact that we all need to support each other and what's going on with FIFA. Um, if you don't know about it, I think everyone... Even if you're just a fan of football and a fan of like finance, you should definitely, or even on the legal side of things, definitely tune in and see what's going on in FIFA because we that's just a whole nother topic we need to discuss that we do have an episode coming out on just the new regulations and mm -hmm. uh, what the industry would look like post FIFA's new re regulation and registration rules. Um, that we could talk on for like another hour, but just Jonathan Barnett, all the other agents that were on the Association for Football Agents as well, the English FA, thank you, because I know it was hard for them to actually have to listen to agents, like basically speak up for themselves and just say, yo, this is not right. And um, just not understanding and the FA trying to answer the questions to the best of their ability right now, because COVID is tough on everybody. Like, it's not just the teams, it's not just the clubs, it's not just the federations, like agents independently, 
put in so much time and investment into each player and then for us to like not get dates on when we're going to get paid is just like if you were to work and your boss tells you hey um yeah thanks for working we're gonna pay you but like we don't know when yeah so of course everyone's gonna be like wait a minute hold on we've been working for six months now and nobody's received anything not nobody so it's like um it's time that agents do band together and just fight for our rights um employment rights as a whole because um federations are doing it um players get backing federations get backing by fifa but it seems like when it comes to agents fifa never really supports agents and what's going on in football so i really appreciate for um jonathan mino jordan mendez those guys for um fighting for agents and like legally actually putting their money where their mouth is and other agents know where it's where you can donate um there are donations for the cause for us to have our voices heard and our rights actually be put into law because as of right now agents are working and not getting paid just flat out simple and and if you guys can think about all the other fields in life and just yourself like if you were to work and get paid not get paid for months like would you still do your job? Like, would you be willing to? How would you feel about it? Like, it's just really tough. And agents have to deal with a lot of things. And people think that the job is very lucrative. But it's honestly a, a grind and an investment. Where yeah. if you don't love it, you're, you're not going to want to do it. Because sometimes it may not seem worth it. Especially if there are no rules and regulations to actually support you or back you. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You definitely got to love it. Um, you know, you, you, you got to love it. You got to live it. Right. You got to be passionate about it um, because there are situations like, you know, what Nate just discussed. Um, obviously, what Jonathan is fighting for, what other agents are fighting for. And I think at, at some point, hopefully there's a way and, and there probably will be a way to work. Um, and come to some kind of common ground with FIFA, hopefully, to get everything squared away. That would be beautiful. Um, and then probably doing the same thing with the federations, because there are some federations that, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it, it just, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, it's crazy to me. But that's a whole nother conversation. And um, once again, we're just super grateful to Jonathan Barnett and the the FA, you know, and and just all the other agents that want to collab and want to kind of stick together and, and work as a unit because we're better united than divided. And so it, it just makes so much more sense. And so that's where I'm ending it. Yes. And also, we're very grateful to all you listeners as well. So, um, guys, thank absolutely you for um, continuing to support um and follow the inside agents guys follow uh, us on twitter um, reach out to us on instagram because you guys can follow us during everything football maggie and i are tweeting about it sharing our opinions about it and um, we'd love when you guys reach out to us and give us your feedback as well Uh, absolutely please do yes please follow us follow us on, on on social if you have questions, ask us questions. If your player's looking for agents, 
you know, name myself. We, you know, we're here um, just to even be that that resource for you guys. So thank you. Um, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.